0: This is a variety show with no particular niche. Baby, it's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James. God, I can't believe I'm still making this show. Welcome. Welcome to the show. So... When this episode comes out, it will have been a year since I took a month's, plural, long hiatus from doing this show. That is to say, by the time this episode comes out, um, it will have been a year since the big ice storm in Texas. And today I'm going to be talking just about, well... I guess it'll be kind of a meta show. So I've been talking about video games and science and other stuff lately. Um, But today I feel weird. And I just want to talk about uh, how plans can kind of go sideways. And about the whole mess that led up to me leaving... Austin, Texas, and taking a break from the show for a while. Um, but before we get into that, this is a one man show, but I could use your help finding stuff to talk about on the show. I mentioned I'd been talking about video games and science and stuff like that. Well uh help me find more content. Help me find uh like topics you want me to riff on. If there's anything you want to learn about, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of homework and, and giving a brief lesson if there's a story or some like weird ass fucking article or weird trend online like like, like Goblin core I recently learned Goblin core is a thing um, send this stuff to me email it to the show email which is that thing with at gmail.com I'm open to submissions I will probably reply to you um, and also if you're curious if you might want to be a guest on the show if perhaps you want me to be a guest on your show, or if you just want to give me some much needed validation, email me at thatthingwithjames at gmail.com. Another place where you can, um, uh, let's see, uh, put videos and shit like that, memes and everything is on my Reddit, r slash thatthingwithjames. Yeah. I'm the only mod there, so you can probably get away with some shit until I log in and check it again. r slash that thing with James on Reddit. Uh, And you can also find me on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. My handle on all three is at James J. Asher. Um, And you can find all that information in the uh, show description. Funny enough, uh, speaking of TikTok... um, I think it was today is Sunday, February sixth. So I record these episodes a week before they come out, more or less. Five was a Sunday. I record on Sunday, usually release on Friday, and between that time, I edit and spend hours putting this fucking thing together and getting it out there and everything. Um, but a couple days ago, from the time of me recording right now. I posted something on TikTok, totally random, and some random person called like BBC and your mom said, commented on this video, completely apropos of nothing, completely irrelevant, non sequitur, commented, fake Henry Cavill. To which I replied, am real Henry Cavill? To which they replied, No, you're not. To which I replied, Afraid I am. To which they replied, Where are your muscles? Wait, how old are you? To which I replied, Muscles under my skin. Age. Henry Cavill. To which they replied, uh, Henry Cavill is not an age. To which I replied, LOL. This is where I made my mistake. How old do you think I am? To which they replied, and this is probably a fucking 13-year-old, they replied, 40. I'm 34 years old. They replied, 40. To which I then went and looked up Henry Cavill's age because I knew he was around my age. He's 38. So I went back and replied, a quick web query will reveal that Henry Cavill, I, Henry Cavill, am 38 years old, to which they replied, no, you're just some old man. You're not Henry Cavill. And then they replied again, you don't even have a British accent, to which I made a video reply saying, you found me out. You figured it out. I am the real and Cavill, and I was having a good time before you blew up my spot. Now, I was incognito, so I didn't have to deal with peeing your pants five-year-olds like yourself. Thanks for that. <laughs> And they have, I'm sure, replied, and I just haven't checked it out because I've been busy playing Mass Effect. I recently downloaded Mass Effect: The Legendary Edition. I was on, I was kind of on the fence about it because I remember when it came out, people were saying this isn't really much of a remastering. Uh, they didn't, it's still kind of old controls and everything. So I was on, I was on the fence about it, but it was on a major sale for like cheap, cheap on the uh, PlayStation network, the uh, video PlayStation store. And, uh, you know, my gut just said, get it. And I got it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Should I have just saved my money for Elden Ring, which comes out at the end of the month? Um, so, I was a little iffy, but this Legendary Edition, it's a remaster of the first three uh, Mass Effect games, which I have never played. I've only played one Mass Effect game, and it was Mass Effect Andromeda, and I enjoyed it pretty well. It, it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it got boring um, over halfway through, but it was a pretty enjoyable game, and as I understand it, Andromeda is by far the weakest game in the series. Uh, but that was the only one I played until now, so I'm in my first time in Mass Effect 1, and I am enjoying it. I'm still in the early phases, like like the, the story's moving forward, but I can definitely tell how much better the story and just uh, the level layout and... The fighting and everything. it's um it's a totally different game. and and also, Mass Effect Andromeda did not have an original story. It was just basically following Mass Effect One from what I've witnessed thus far, to a T because you play Shepherd's son. Um, and uh, so that's why I haven't replied to BBC in your Mom. Um, if they do say something uh, saying, uh, look at my username, that's what's in your mom, I will have to reply, yeah, my mom loves the British Broadcasting Corporation, because BBC's pretty fucking good. They've got a good selection of shows. I am what you might consider an enjoyer of British broadcasting, British television. It's good stuff. I like it. Well, um, all that said, all that said, that has nothing to do with the fact that I make one weekly bonus episode every week. That's redundant. I make one new bonus episode every week and release it out to the internet to a specific site for free. And I've got a whole back catalog So after I record this, I'm going to be recording the uh, 32nd, I believe it's the 32nd bonus episode since I started recording those after beginning, after restarting this podcast after my hiatus, which I will get to shortly, I'm sure. um, uh, I will be recording the 32nd bonus episode and you can access those for free. I don't do no pay-per-view thing you can get access to those by supporting the show. Just go to patreon.com slash James if you like this, if you want to support the show, if you want to see it get more better and gooder and go in new and exciting directions, please consider supporting the show. patreon.com slash James, and in return, you will get... Uh, access to all the other and all the new coming bonus episodes plus perks for different tiers. I've got shouts out, uh, I'll do verbal shout outs, text shout outs, um, and even I've got one in which I am willing and will hand write and snail mail to you a thank you letter thanking you for your Generous donations at that particular tier So again uh, If if you feel so inclined If you like this If you want to see uh, See this show grow Please consider becoming a patron At patreon.com Slash that thing with James uh, Your contributions Are greatly appreciated And they do help a lot Okay so I said I was going to talk about some stuff, and I'm about to do that after I take this quick drink of this delicious strawberry-flavored Waterloo. So, give me just a second to wet my whistle. Oh man, that was tasty. So, as I mentioned, this is going to be a sort of a meta episode, or maybe a better word would be a sort of autobiographical episode. So, if you're into learning about people and, and stuff... Stay tuned because I've got some, I got, I got quite a lot to say. So I mentioned a year ago, a year ago, by the time this episode is out, um, I was in the middle of the Texas ice store because I was at the time living in Austin, Texas, the heart of Texas. And, um, I, I'm just going to go through this. I, I didn't write this out. I didn't plan this out. So we're just going to go on an adventure. I'm going to, you know, improvise this whole thing. Uh, we'll try to work through this story. And I'm sure we will find some lessons. Because I'm always about finding a lesson. What can you learn from something? What little pearl of wisdom can you find out of a difficult experience? So let's go back, shall we? In... The fall of 2012, I moved to Austin, Texas, uh, to start my acting career. I wanted and still do to act in the film, television and new media, uh, industry. I wanted to be an actor, um, for the camera. I, I, I love camera. I'm a huge fan of just film and shit like that. And I want to play. It looks fun. I appreciate it. I want to be part of it. I love it that fucking much. And so I went through all sorts of college to study for this stuff. Six years, six years to get a, a graduate degree and at the end of that, I said, I am going to pursue this for real. And I also don't want to delude myself, or so I thought. I don't know if it was just fear or if it was a smart decision. I think it was probably both. And I've been told both by very many different parties, but... When I finished school, I thought, okay, I if I wanna catch a train, I need to go where the train is. And of course, the most acting work, the places you're gonna find the most acting work is New York City, and more specifically for the type of stuff I really wanted to do, Los Angeles, California. And um, I had very little money and no connections nobody. I didn't know anyone in either of those cities. Plus, on top of that, I grew up in a very small rural area. And the prospect of moving to a big fucking city like that is super, uh, mainly, the main thing was like, it was so fucking expensive. I didn't know if I would survive. I didn't know if I would just get there and then fall flat on my face and then have to return home to Oklahoma uh, with my tail between my legs. I didn't want that to happen. I wanted to make strategic choices to set myself up for the best possible outcome. I wanted to make strategic choices that would help me secure the future that I wanted for myself. And so I was split after grad school. I was split then between Austin, Texas and Chicago, Illinois, because unlike New York and LA, I knew people in those latter two cities um, and so I visited Chicago, and I visited Austin. And frankly, I like Chicago so much more. I fucking love Chicago. It's it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's it's Chicago. Come on. Um, and then Austin, Texas, is not really. Uh, the cost of living there has great, exponentially grown, and it was expensive to begin with when I moved there almost, what, like 10 years ago almost? No, no, 10 years ago come this October. Um, the cost of living is uh, exponentially grown there, but the, uh, I, I, I call it the amenities offered in that city, I feel really do not justify the price tag. Um, and Chicago, however, is an actual city and there's actual stuff there. Um, but I ended up moving to Austin. Um, one, cause I, I told myself, you know, if I'm going to be poor and struggling, do I want to be poor, struggling and cold as fuck for most of the year? No, I want to at least be a little bit warm And as I understood it, or as I thought, there was more film activity happening in Austin. Now, I found out when I moved there to Austin that a lot of the film stuff and TV stuff that I wanted to get in on had already passed. That was happening in the late 90s and early 2000s. So by 2012, uh, it was winding down. By 2013... Um, the last big TV shows that were filming there were leaving. Like, they it was their last months of production in Austin. And I got in on a few, like, as an extra, and I, I auditioned a bunch for a bunch of different roles in these different TV shows. Um, I, I never got that stuff. Um, and... So here's what here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to get to Austin, and that um, I would, because of my credentials and because I did have a resume. Um, I thought that that would give me a better chance at getting more work. That is work that would net me pay one, but also. SAG credits, because I wanted SAG credits so I could get more union SAG jobs, so then it would be easier for me to get a start in Los Angeles. I thought I was only going to be in Austin for, say, three years tops, and by then I will have the connections and the credits necessary to make it easier to get real work in LA. But I ended up staying in Austin a lot longer. I got into a bit of legal issues um with a um see I, I got into a wreck with a drunk driver and I got ticketed for, um, what was it? What was it? Obstruction of Highway Passageway. And that's a whole other fucking episode on its own. Um, needless to say, I, I had to be on probation for about a year and a half. Um, and so that set me back. And my first, um, my first ticket talent agent there turned out to be a total fucking con man. So that set me back. I went without representation or work for a full year. And then I managed to get in with a different agent who, um, was not a scammer. Um, and I got a lot of commercial work. I did a few plays in which I was really bad. I'm not going to lie. I was really bad because by the time I got to that part, I was like once bit twice shy by life. And my confidence was in the fucking dumps. And uh and that affected my 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 skill, my craft, my work. Um but before I knew it, you know, the probation was over. I got in with a an agent and everything and I'd been living in this apartment with this uh, this girl who's going to be in the bonus episode, uh, sharing part of her her perspective on this whole story too. Um, for years, for years. So before I knew it, it's 2019, um, and this lady Emily, uh, we. I forget. I think it might have been the end of 2019. We split, but we were still living together. And uh, I was trying to get work, and also just being a dumbass and trying out Tinder and stuff while still living with her. And I've talked about that before. Go back like a year or so. There's episodes where we talk with me talking about that. Um, but before I knew it, we were living together, split. And stuck in this apartment because, oh, hey, there's this thing called the COVID 19, and there's a fucking pandemic that no one, none, no normal person was really suspecting. So everything shut down. Acting work shut down. And so through all of what was 2020, the years are so confusing now. For all of 2020, um, I was just kind of hiding out with her in that apartment. And uh, I'd already been doing my day job remotely. So that wasn't a big issue. I was already home most of the time, hoping to get called for an audition for something. Um, And then the pandemic just put that to a screeching halt. And so then by the end of 2020, I was trying to get a new game plan together. Also, just before the pandemic hit, like I was in talks with a friend who kind of shouldn't be surprised, kind of screwed me over a little bit. Um, We were gonna get a place together and then things went weird. And that didn't happen. So I ended up staying where I was uh, throughout the pandemic. But by the end of uh, 2020, I was trying to think of next moves. What do I do? Because where I'm at right now is not working out, period. I'm just spinning my wheels still. I felt like I'd been spinning my years for the better part of a decade. And so I was thinking of like, Okay, maybe if I just suck it up and get like some tech job and save enough money to get my own place, and maybe my my podcast will pick up and I can use that as some kind of uh you know steady stream of income slash work, so then I can go out to LA because I I have not given up on it. I haven't given up on it. Um And I was getting all these plans together. I was going to make these big moves. And then February, like the night before Valentine's Day of 2021, the power went out because a big ice storm swept across the United States from a lot of the United States. And it took out most I mean like the entire state of Texas pretty much lost power and I was in a very dumpy dilapidated apartment that probably should have been condemned already. Um, and this woman, Emily, I love her. We, although we were split at this time, um, we wake up on Valentine's Day, freezing. We fell asleep, and we were like, is is power? There was, there was plans to be rolling blackouts. That's what uh, the Austin energy was saying was going to happen. So they were going to turn off power in one part of Austin for, say, like an hour or two so that they could provide power to another part. And then turn power off there and let the other place have power. Just rationing power uh, and cycling it between the different parts of Austin. That's what was supposed to happen. And so when we woke up the next morning, freezing cold, freezing cold, this apartment was nothing but holes. It was very old, nothing but holes, no insulation. Um, Even with like two or three different space heaters, we were still freezing in like 40 degree weather in that apartment for several years. But this was a whole different level of cold. Like I couldn't feel my extremities cold. Um, And so we've figured maybe this is the rolling blackout. Let's just try to stay warm and weather this out um, and wait for the power to come back on. And let me say, it was so cold in the apartment. We had a memory foam bed and memory foam pillows. And that foam was rock hard. Because the reason memory foam, you know, squishes is because it reacts to heat. Heat will make it squish. Cold will make it more firm. Well, this shit was all rock hard. Um, And after an hour, two hours we started to figure out maybe just maybe the power is not going to come back on and mind you everything outside is covered in ice i mean it was a lot of ice a lot of snow and frost and everything it was like it was like being in a different world Because there had been ice storms and snow in Austin before, but this was a completely new level of winter weather. Um, So after a few hours, I think I get a call from my mom uh, who says, I'm not sure power is going to come back on for you because she had been checking on the news and was worried about us. Um, And she called and said, you might consider getting a hotel because I'm seeing that there are parts of Austin, mainly downtown. Um, uh, Downtown has power and there are hotel rooms and those rooms are getting nabbed up very quickly. Seriously consider it. And I was saying, uh, and I didn't realize it, but she pointed out to me later, like even recently kind of brought it up to me how just out of it i was like i'm um, my entire body by this point for me and emily our bodies were both at the same time numb and experiencing pain like a sort of achy sharpish numb ish pain and we were very sluggish could barely move I I, I couldn't move my fingers. I couldn't move my toes. I could barely move my ankles and wrists. Um, We were very pale. uh, And it was very difficult to stay awake. Just had no energy. Um, And apparently I was being very loopy on the phone with my mom. I was like, don't know. You don't need to do that. We'll be fine. The power is going to come back on. So then an hour later... I wait another hour in this stuff and uh, the pain and the confusion and sluggishness had only gotten worse. So I get on the phone with my mom and I said, and she was like, dude, there's barely any rooms left. I have one room I can grab for you right now if you want me to. Give me, please, please tell me to get this room for you. And so I said, okay, okay, okay. I don't think we'll need it, but you know, I don't want to cost you money. She said, stop. Let me get you this room. So I said, okay, get it. And uh, we'll go there if the power doesn't come back on. And she said, okay, well, it's going to be a few hours before it's ready for you anyway, but I just grabbed it. You got, congratulations, the one last hotel room available in Austin. And lucky for us... This was a average, decent, especially for Austin, decent price at this hotel. Um, and we lucked out because there were so many other places that were price gouging. I'm talking $1,000 a night for a 60 to $80 room. Like a fucking Motel 6 or something. There were a lot of places doing that in Austin. Um, and so I think it was like... 1pm by then and we had to wait until like 5 to get there so so we waited and tried to stay warm and we started grabbing whatever stuff we needed just in case and I started thinking you know what if the pipes burst or something maybe let's grab some stuff let's grab really important stuff to take with us cause as much as I don't want to admit it Emily I have a feeling we're not going to be coming back here soon. And so we grabbed whatever stuff we needed. I'm talking like social security carts and stuff like that. Uh, Personal computers, work computers. I had just gotten a PlayStation 5 by dumb luck. Um, But I didn't even think to take it with me. Because I was just like, very important stuff, bring it with, just in case. Because... Uh, I suspected, of course, that the pipes, the water pipes might burst and that water might flood into the apartment. And the apartment was already had holes in the floor, mold, weak spots, uh, eating away at the frame. Um, And if we got a good flood going on in there, it was very, a very real concern that the apartment might collapse. And so that's what I was thinking about. And during the few hours between the time my mom booked the hotel room, thank you, mom. uh, And the time we, Emily and I took off to get to the hotel, which was like sort of on the edge of downtown. I forget, I forget what the company was. um, I figured out, wait, I've got gas in my car. Is my car even going to start in this cold weather? So I went outside and I see my other neighbors out there too and apparently they had the same idea. Um, those who were still around, uh, because nobody had any gas heating, we all only had electric. And in and, and the apartments themselves, the only sort of conditioning thing they had were uh, one or two window air, AC units. There was certainly no heat and again, no insulation in these places. Um, My neighbors are out in their vehicles warming up. So I dig my car out of the feet, several feet of snow, um, and get in, and thank God it started without a problem. No, the car I had before this one, that thing would have just been dead, kaput, for good. But this car, my 2019 Ford Fusion, started up without a problem, and I had a full tank of gas, And I'd recently gotten an oil change, and the heat worked. So I had to grab Emily and get her out. And we sat in the car and warmed up, and we warmed up our our hands and our feet. It was like burning pins and needles to warm up. But we managed to warm up. Um, And when the time came, we traveled out of uh, the apartment um, from 5th, and Old Twerf is where I was living. Uh, great location. Um, we went through the fucking icy slip and slide, and I got us to the apartment, finally. Or, or to, the, uh, to the hotel room. And I passed by and almost got hit by so many other cars, so many other drivers that did not know how to handle winter weather driving icy, snowy, slippery driving. Um, but I knew how to channel, handle that stuff, and I did. And we got there. Thank God we got there. And then there was a whole mess, uh, getting into the garage there, and the weight and everything, uh, doesn't matter. It was a funny and frustrating experience just getting into the parking garage. But we got in there, and we ended up having to spend, I think, five days in that hotel room. And in that time, I learned that the pipes in my apartment did indeed burst. They burst in every apartment in the entire small complex of just old, this old building I lived in. Every pipe burst. Everyone's place was flooding. Everyone had a ruined shit. And it was only a two-story place. I lived on the second story and my friend Gene, this old hippie, he lived below me and his apartment was under like two or three feet of water. Um, The entire ceiling in his place, all the drywall collapsed. I'm talking every bit. It was just frame and exterior. I saw it when we returned after the five days in the hotel, every single bit of drywall fell off the walls and his entire ceiling collapsed. And it it was just pouring water everywhere. And he was freaking out. This poor guy lost fucking everything. I mean, everything except for his van. (sighs) We didn't lose as much, but when I was on the horn with him and the landlord, um, I was trying to get people like you know figure out turn off the breakers and stuff like this because if there's sitting water, it can be uh, an electrocution hazard, and and then that can be a fire hazard. The place could burn down. Uh, When Gene said his ceiling had collapsed, I thought the fucking uh, floor had collapsed in my apartment. Um, that poor guy. Um, and 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 I I was going back and forth with the landlord who was saying, "Oh, you need to get out here and do this." And I'm like, "Dude, I can't even fucking get there. I barely got out." It's your place. You live closer. You take care of it. So we finally went out there and like shut off the water. I think Gene actually shut off the water main. I'm sure Bob said he did it himself landlord, um, and then he was like, oh, leave the power on, and I said, that's a fucking problem, and it's a fire hazard, and he said, no, it's fine, that wouldn't work out, not unless there's a short, he wasn't making any fucking sense, he's an idiot, a landlord's an idiot, oh, how about that? Um, and I'm trying to wrap up this long fucking story. I ended up having to leave Austin for a while. Um, Emily and I got one offer at a place to stay, but we knew we were not going to be able to stay in that apartment. When we got back, the state of it, uh, we had plenty of fucking wall falling out. Most of our shit was ruined. My PlayStation made it. I had it up high enough off the ground, thank God. But most of our shit was ruined. And we salvaged what we could and pulled up our stakes and went to stay with my sister in the Houston metro area. And we stayed with her for, and, and her husband for two or three weeks. And in that time, it was a very stressful time. I was like, do I go back to Austin? Because Emily and I were still split. Um, do I go back to Austin or and, and try to figure out some place that I most definitely can't afford to live um, and find work? And how's that going to affect the acting work and all this other stuff? And And Emily was just not going to go back. She had offers to go to Boston or wherever, but we kind of... I don't know, felt magnetically drawn to each other. At least I felt that way to her. I didn't want to leave her. And so we ended up um, coming to Oklahoma and staying with my parents for a few months and uh, getting a place in Tulsa. And and, uh, we got a lease in this apartment that I'm in right now, making this episode. We got a lease here for six months And at the end of that six months, it was like November and it was starting to get colder again. And we were both like, I do not feel like uprooting my life yet a fucking again after losing home, starving, most definitely having uh, uh, hypothermia. We had like legit hypothermia in the uh, old apartment. Um, and then going and staying in in Houston and dealing with bullshit and then going and staying with my parents and dealing with some different bullshit. And then finally, just finally starting to feel like we could catch our breaths. We didn't feel like uprooting again. So we renewed our lease for like a year. So here I am in Tulsa, um, and we moved, we moved into this apartment and, um, I've still got my day job, even though it's like, should I quit it and find a big boy job? I don't know. Should I quit, uh, this potential delusion I have that I'm ever, ever, ever going to be able to make any kind of living in the entertainment industry as a performer? Um, been dealing with a lot of that. And I still am to a certain degree, although to another degree, things have changed a bit. Um, and I'll speak on that in a minute, but the, after, after I think a couple months living in this apartment, when we first moved here, um, I had not been doing the podcast. I I hadn't done it. See, I I released an episode while I was in the hotel in Austin because I'd recorded it already. And I released it while I was there on the very slow Wi-Fi. And then I just didn't record anymore because, well, frankly, I I was homeless. And um, I didn't, I just didn't feel like it. And But after a couple months, I think it was, here, Emily asked me, and we got back together and said, let's, let's make this work. Um, she asked me, are you going to do the podcast again? I think because she could tell that I had too much time and was very unhappy without it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I think I will. And so I started the show up again, and decided, maybe, maybe I can try to put more energy into this thing. Maybe I can make this thing work out this podcasting thing. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to double down I'm going to try to make this fucking thing work. I'm going to try to find some kind of like niche or something to try to get more people to listen so that I can potentially get people to donate to like the new fucking Patreon thing that I'm doing. And uh, I'll record two episodes every fucking week to draw people to it. Um, and I, as, as much as I hate it, I don't expect everything to happen all at once. It's just that I don't know if it's ever, ever going to work out. And so here I am. Here I am. And I'm not really sure where what else to talk about. Um, and I hope this hasn't been like a wine fest or anything. I'm not trying to be whiny because I'm very fucking fortunate. <laughs> Believe me, I know it. Um, but I'm just also trying, I'm being honest about what's fucking going on. What's going on, man. And uh, sorry if you're bored. I told you at the beginning this would be sort of a meta-autobiographical episode. Um, At this point, let me say this. I got sort of about a month or so ago uh, got in touch again with uh, an old friend uh, that I'm in touch with off and on again. And they told me that they'd moved to Um, and, and they were like, how's Austin? And I'm pretty sure I'd already told them before. They said, how's Austin? And I told them, um, I don't know if I told you yet, but I lost my home to the ice storm. I lost everything. I'm living in Tulsa now. To which they didn't say dick. They didn't say dick. Um... And they were like, well, how do you like Tulsa? And I replied with, well, that is a complicated question. I always thought I would be living in Los Angeles at this point in my life. So I guess I'm just trying to figure out what to do right now. To which they didn't say dick, which says enough to me, frankly. Um... And that reminds me, there was something I did want to talk about. It surprises me when I talk about this experience, losing my home to the ice storm, staying with family, staying with my parents for what, like three or four months. Um, when I share this with different people, I've shared it with friends. I've shared it with family. I've shared it with the internet. And there are people who have helped me out there's people who've you know empathized and everything but there have been a surprising amount out of like the people I've dealt with I would say 30 maybe 40 40% are outwardly fucking hostile outwardly hostile they will make fun of me and deride me for staying with my parents they will make fun of me and deride me for losing my home for becoming homeless. They will bring up some politics bullshit about Democrats and renewable energy because of the ice storm because the energy whole fucking Texas energy grid went down. Um they will deride and 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 and, and insult me for not having enough money. I have dealt with family members, family members um, trying to, you know, be diplomatic about it, but basically straight up saying to my face, well, this is your fault. This is your fault. It is surprising, surprising the amount of people who are outwardly hostile and who have told me that it was my fucking fault. All of that, a natural disaster that I was asking for, that I brought it on myself. I'm still not sure how to deal with that. I will say though um, that I've learned a lot about some people's character, both good and bad. Um, and I've also, I say, learned a lot about the people who, uh, insult me and deride me for, for being a victim of this fucking thing, Uh, a natural disaster. Um, I feel sorry for those people. I feel they lack a lot of love in their lives. That's the only reason I could think that someone would lack that much empathy, have that much of a vacuum of empathy. Um, Who hurt you is what I have to say to them. I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, Who hurt you? Um, And so, yeah. So, yeah. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Um... I'm still committed to making shit work. I still wanna be in the film, television, and new media industry. I've tried to let it go. I can't let it go. It could be complete fucking delusion. But you know what? Why not? Because everything else is delusional. Because nothing else is guaranteed. You can have the best laid fucking plans and then a strong wind could just blow everything over. No matter how smart no, how or how hard you plan, you don't have control over everything. There are large, larger forces at play. And they can rock your world when you least expect it. Um, and you just have to figure out how to survive. So I've found out when I make plans... They blow up in my face. I just have to follow my gut. And my gut, no matter how much I question it, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel, no matter how scared it makes me feel, says, uh, keep chasing your dreams. Maybe you're a fucking clown. Maybe you're a loser. Maybe you're delusional. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know the kind of life and the kind of things that make me happy. And I at the end of the day, I just want to be happy. And I want to help other people be happy. You know, love you. You gotta love yourself before you're able to love others, kind of a thing. Um so yeah. Uh that's it for this episode. Um, I hope it wasn't a complete bore, but there are some other details about some real assholes <laughs> uh, and, and 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 also really fucking angelic people that I'll be talking about in this week's bonus episode. So uh, if you want to check that out, you're going to have to become a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Again, I, uh, I always need your help getting content stuff to talk about on the show so email it to me at that thing with james share it on my subreddit r slash that thing with james and call me the real henry cavill on tiktok twitter and instagram my handle on all is at james j asher all that information is in the episode description if you made it this far into this episode thank you for your patience i love you and i'll catch you next time bye